Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Elsie and Jessica, this is Kim Trumbo of the Generosity Philosophy Podcast. I just wanted to send you guys a voice message because I just started SpeakPipe on my website and wah, 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 nobody's left me a message yet. So I don't know if you guys get bombarded with them or you're going to look and go, woohoo, somebody actually left a message. But I thought in the event that it is the latter, by golly, I'll be that person to send you a message and tell you that every week I listen to She Podcasts. I think the two of you are hilarious, like the dynamic duo. I love how there's always background noise and, and Jessica, your cat is a riot and now you've got your adorable baby and I just, I think you guys are real. You keep it real, real talk and I love that and you are inspiring us women and some dudes who I do know listen to your show. And I just want to thank you for that. I think you're doing a great job. I can't wait wait to see you both again at Podcast Movement 2015. And just keep being you. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hello, Miss Jessica. Hello, Elsie. Oh, my God. We are so... <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. Um, I am excited. I am amped up and I'm also super... She's amped up. I'm amped up and I'm very, very tired. Like I just, I have this like insane amount of like a haze in, in the front of my brain that I can feel, which is... But I, I'm, I'm very like, tired. impressed by, tired and impressed by my level of productivity when, when I have to get something done. But I'm not quite as impressed with my level of like this, like I just, just, just disengage completely when I get the thing done. So I, I, I guess I work better with deadlines, but I don't want to be that person. Well, too bad you are. Why yeah. don't you want to be that person? Give yourself. Well, I mean, yeah. If that's how you work the best, what's wrong with that? Well, because I don't. Because then I have to, you know, pull all nighters and get it done, you know, and be all proud of myself for everything I've accomplished when I could have done it through the year. And then I, I, I'm talking about my taxes now, everybody. If you didn't know, I, I basically put everything back, you know, and as a self person with my business, I need to keep, you know, records and I have the records. They're just all over the place though. So I had to grab them all, put them all in one little pile. And that took hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of sifting and moving. And so that's no good. So anyway, that's why my brain is tired and I have not caught up from all of that work, which is. Listen, we all say we're going to do it throughout the year. I say this every year. Last year I even purchased something to allow me to pull in very easily. I still didn't do it. It doesn't, I'm not going to do it. I'm just never going to do it throughout the year. I'm always going to cram at the last minute and get all my expenses together and pour through my statements on four accounts. Yeah. Cause I'm just a loser when it comes to my taxes and I don't care. I'm done caring about it. Okay. Well, good. I'm Someday glad I'll face else to do it. It's just that. Yeah. And then, I mean, it was great. I mean, after it was done, but geez, everybody paid like my whole family, like me, I paid. It was a beautiful day. Everybody was playing outside and I'm like hunched over my computer and you could see my shoulders inching, yeah. inching, inching to my shoulders more and more and more. Ugh, it sucked. 
Yeah. That so anywho, suck. that was that was me. That was my life. But now we get into onto the show, and it seemed like uh, let let's just get a, into a little bit of feedback that we got from our last um, our feminist our our feminist rant that we went on to. Yeah. Last. A lot of- conversation about it absolutely so that was like our episode number 40 so if you want to listen to that and you're just new to the show that would be a really great episode for you guys to kind of catch up on but we did have a lot of of communication going on on the facebook page and yes we did yeah so it was really interesting to see so much well i i have to say that for the most part it was like thank you for some for somebody talking about this and i think that that was really what made me the happiest to hear that kind of a response. It wasn't so much, yeah. thank you for, for, for agreeing with me or, or we totally agree with you. It was more like, thank you for speaking up. Thank you for yeah. saying it. Right. And I guess, you know, I, once I think about it, I'm like how, I guess nobody really talks about that stuff. <laughs> so, so really what we're saying is you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. We're happy to do it and you're welcome. So yeah, so so all of you guys that that did that kind of stuff for me, it's that for us and that and that took the time to to voice your opinions on that on that thread. We are very very thankful. And at the end of the show last show, I asked for you guys to share your dissenting opinions and those are the actually the ones that I I really kind of wanted to highlight too because I feel that we do need another voice or maybe another opinion at times. Um so what do you think about that Miss Jess cuz I'm going to read some um of Marie Cigar's stuff. So you continue while I look and pick out some of the stuff that she mentioned on here. What do I think about what exactly? About the dissenting opinion? Yeah, or like because you said, you know, it was very int- that's what you said to me. It's very interesting the comments that we got over there. So <laughs> Well, Cigaris, like she had some stuff to say that I didn't really think of and I and I yeah. and I almost was I almost, I was very close to being made to feel responsible for not thinking of those things, but then I, and then I came to my sense because I can't be responsible to think of everyone's point of view. Like I can only think of my own, I mean, my own experience. I can't, I can't, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. (laughs) I can only be made to think about my own experience. Like, I mean, Well, I'll let you address it because you said you wanted to address it. But like, um, you know, Pamela Levin said women need to stand together. We don't necessarily have to blast the feminine equality voice, but simply know and believe we have the unrelenting ability to empower others. And I liked that. I thought that was nice. Um, And uh, Kathleen said she sat straight up when she heard us talking about. uh, Because she was sleeping. You're welcome. Because she was about to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like Alyssa Martin, who said, my man says being a feminist is just part of being a good person. Like thinking gay people, disabled people and black people are equal to you as well, which is true. Of course. I mean, of course. Um, It's just that, you know, we didn't talk about those things because that wasn't what the conversation was about. The conversation was about being a feminist, not being racist or prejudiced against disabled people or gay people. Um, But Stephanie... um, posted a quote, Stephanie Pollack, that says, men think feminist is a women's word, but what it means is you believe in equality, and if you stand for equality, you're a feminist, a feminist, ah, a, feminist. a feminist, sorry to tell you, you're a feminist, you're a feminist, that's it, and that was a quote from Emma Watson when she addressed the UN yeah. on International Women's Day, Which- and, and sadly, that's true, like it or not, you're a feminist, you want equal pay, you're a feminist, you don't like it, then, you know, t- tough toodles. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. let me let me think a little bit. I mean, let me read some of of Marie's comments here because yeah. it just encompasses a larger conversation, and it also made me think. And this is this is why I want you guys to kind of voice your opinions or to and and then this is and the other thing is how to 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 find what where you stand right to listen to a conversation and then find how to voice it out so this is what marie said she said one of my issues with using the label in today's world is why is it that the only terminology in use for someone with an interest in equality why isn't there a term in use for someone who is interested in equal rights for everyone, women, people of color, low income, non-hetero, different labeled, etc. I don't feel the issues of women's equality are the only ones I dealt, I deal with on a regular basis. And Jess's whole discussion on diversity pointed that out. And she said she sometimes makes the effort, which many don't, as they aren't even aware of the issue, to have diverse guests. But in her mind, women aren't diverse because they are 50% of the population. I'm pretty sure non-white people make up at least 50% of the world's population too. I they feel- do. I feel the whole world, the whole, a quote, feminist debate, unquote, is contemporary Western society is just another part of the whole divide and conquer and conquer strategy that has allowed straight males to control so much of the world's power. Why should I even spend time discussing my point of view on women's rights when I want everyone to get the equal treatment, not just women and men, but people in all different groups? Doesn't this debate just take attention away from the real problem that some groups have substantial privilege when compared to others and don't usually want to give that up? And many women are members of those privileged groups. So let's stop there okay, because yeah. she makes a whole nother point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, you go first. Okay. Well, a while back, my daughter had this whole thing going on about her pants. She was sent home for wearing an outfit because in, in the in the rule book, yoga pants are distracting. Men, distracting to men. And, and you know, her outfit was not even close to being distracting. She looked terrible. She was wearing like a hefty bag. Anyway, the point is... Um, and it was on the radio and it got tons of media attention, tons of media attention. And people, total strangers were commenting on whether or not my daughter was dressed like a hooker underneath her jacket or whether or not I was a terrible mother for not letting her, for letting her grow out of the hat, whatever. And what I learned and what I observed is that there's always somebody who will take a political issue and divert your attention to something different. So like, so, like, here they're talking about yoga pants and whether or not you can make a rule on whether or not it's distracting to boys. And about half the commenters go, this is why we should have school uniforms. Well, that's a totally separate conversation. Right. Totally. And so, Marie, I hate to say because I'm sure, you know, you're lovely, Marie. But I feel like that's what what you're talking about is simply a diversion because we weren't – I mean, yes, like – Okay, so no, I don't agree that talking about women's issues is just a diversion from talking about bigger issues. I think by bringing in the topic of bigger issues, you're diverting from women's issues because that's what the conversation was about. Like we're talking about plain women in podcasting, not diversity, not age, not sexuality, women versus men. And in some cases, that's all the conversation needs to be. Like, for example, women in you know, like if you were talking about news broadcasting and how long it took for a news anchor to be a woman, you know, that had nothing to do with whether or not she was black or white. Although, you know, she wasn't, I mean, I'm sure that they didn't have a lot of diversity in newscasting for a really long time, but that was a totally separate conversation at the time. Um, and I don't know, maybe if I was, um, I sort of felt like, well, if I was more ethnic, I would be more sensitive to that. And then I was like, but wait a minute, it's just a diversion tactic because, we weren't talking about that. And and not only that, but 
Like, why would we, why would we talk about that in this case when the whole conversation was centered around women, not what color they were? Right. I I understand. I understand. I don't think she meant it as a, as a diversion tactic though. I have to say, but but I'm just saying some people just naturally take an issue that people are talking about and go, but you should be talking about this issue. Right. And And that's what I think she was doing. So now we'll get, we'll get kind of a little bit. Well, yeah. So, okay. So this kind of clarified it while I was reading political thing, right? Because when you talk about, even when you talk about guns, when you talk about like a kid shooting up an elementary school, Half the right. people want to talk about mental health in our country, and the other half the people want to talk about gun control. Right. It's just a, it's a diversion. It's all diversion. And it really – and so this brings me back to the women's sensibility, which I do believe is very important here because as we were talking about it, and it's something that I – and I've been, you know, kind of not quite as open to say that it, this this kind of issue, this this issue has never been comfortable for me to talk about because I have always – the women, the women w- m- w- talking about issues about women in media, women speaking up, women's rights, women, why? you know, being seen more simply because I have been one of those people that for whatever reason, I have never felt, felt it in my life. Mm-hmm. I've just gotten what I've gotten simply on merits. Uh, and, but I, I have hit a ceiling. And the ceiling that I've hit has not come from my lack of speaking up about this or even viewing this as a problem, uh, meaning women not uh, with enough voice or not enough female representation, but really about my way that I see the world, which is what this conversation really started to get deeper into because um, it really is about women's issues for women, for us to learn how to have these conversations in a way that is um, that casts light on what we're talking about here, that brings awareness to what we're talking about here. I've been reading a book going, uh, called Knowing Your Value. Have you heard of this, Jess? Um, I've heard of it, yeah. It's Mika Brzezinski. Mika mm-hmm. Brzezinski. And she really, it's really about women, money, and getting what you're worth. And she talks about, I think she hit on every single thing that we've hit in the past two episodes that we've talked about women in media and feminism and, and, and like the way that we are different than men and all this stuff. I mean, coming from the perspective of feeling lucky, not asking for what you need, like kind of keeping your hand down, doing the work that people don't really want to do because somebody's got to do it and generally you do it. And she was just she's been calling attention by interviewing all of these incredible women who have powerful powerful positions in both government and finance and so many different areas in pivotal times when they did not ask for what they were worth particularly about the 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 money issue and whatnot and she really starts to cast light on our own behavior that has added to this Less, less less about society doing this and more about what how we need to value ourselves. So I, coming back now with what Marie was talking about here, it is an opportunity for us to first figure out how we can get ourselves into these positions where we can start to have deeper conversations like what she was mentioning it so that we can then take it deeper so that there's more of a, a balance of the conversation because now the, the you know the conversations on race conversations on on any kind of these other political issues that she was bringing out here the things that really matter to her are really only being had by men really for the most part or men as a majority 
And if we continue to speak up, then that conversation is going to be more balanced, which in history, and even in this book, which is really great, she starts to quote statistics of how amazing it is to have more women uh, as as chairman or uh, as board members to bring balance and more, uh, I guess, uh, efficacy and success to companies and uh, protocol and things like that, because it's a more balanced expression of both sides of the equation. And that's when things get done. So at first, we just need to get that. (laughs) <laughs> and then yeah. we can start to address the diversity issue. And you're right. We were talking only about women at this moment. I think that the race issue, I don't feel qualified to really address, even though I am, you know, I, I, I wasn't born in this country. I am Latina, 100%. I am an immigrant. Um, I, you know, I came here when I was nine years old. I didn't get to be a United States citizen until I was, uh, I think it was like the year 2000 is when I got my citizenship. And, and so it's really, I'm a pretty new United States kind of person here. But at the same time, again, being Latina hasn't colored who I've been in the world. It just hasn't. I never allowed it to be. It, I just continued to, to do it. I used it when I needed it, like when I needed to apply for a university, that's when I took the Latino token card and stuck it in there. I am the poor little immigrant girl that got, you know, such great, you know, all these fantastic grades in school. Right. And when I was on a boat, no, I'm just kidding. We weren't on a boat. We came to this country with five suitcases. That is true. So, you know, that sounds like super incredible, but in all honesty, we just worked our butts off and that's it. It never was like about being immigrants. So I get the conversation. I just don't feel I'm qualified because I have, I honestly have not felt it. It hasn't been something that's been thrown in my face. Um, and so that's why I feel I'm not qualified to have that conversation. Although that made me want to reach out to more women of color, if they would want to come on the show and have a conversation about, or facilitate a conversation about, uh, race in the media as well. And I know Baratundi Thurston is starting a show. I don't know if he already started a show as well. Um, all centered around race relations. And so I feel that uh, there are those conversations are also being had. I just haven't seen a conversation primarily focusing on women's issues, which is I just don't know why. If you're having a conversation about one thing, you have to have a conversation about everything. Yeah, well, that's tough. And you're right. I don't think that we can because I don't feel qual. Again, I don't feel qualified to have that conversation. I would have to really plan in order for it to be effective. And I feel if we, you know, and so let's, let's keep going with the comment because it keeps on going and then we can talk about why it feels a specific way for us as well. Um, and she continues with, at the same time, Jess and Elsie somewhat seemed to discuss being a woman as synonymous with being a straight mom. There was little to no conversation about the challenges that non-moms or even two women moms face. There are plenty of non-moms who never took time off from their career, can travel wherever and when, wherever they, they want, and still face wage discrimination and won't be invited to speak at social media events. <laughs> anyway, interesting stuff. <laughs> and th- thanks for all... All, at least getting the conversation going about diversity. So a few shows that aren't directly on, on that topic even approach it. So it was great to listen, even when I didn't always see eye to eye with you ladies. So all in all, it was a really positive thing. But see, that's another thing too. It's like, I feel like I, I don't have a point of reference to be able to approach, uh, I guess, my experience from the subject uh, without being a mom now. It's so it's such a huge part of who I am and it colors my world and in my 
my world in so many different ways that I'm not sure I could comment. You know? Well, here's the thing. What she said was we seem to discuss it as synonymous, and that's not oh, true. I see. We didn't discuss it as synonymous. What we did was share our uh, – what I did was share my own experience that right. – that you either take time off at the beginning, you know, I was young and I had to, everyone else was passing. I mean, I don't even, first of all, I don't even remember talking about this as far as wages and how much money I got. What I believe I said was everybody was taller than me and it was annoying, but like, um, but I don't, I don't think being a woman is synonymous with being a straight mom or, or straight or being a mom. It's just that when I can answer a question about whether or not I've been faced with like, um, you know, men being more privileged or having more of a say or whatever in the workplace, that's my experience is that they were either promoted because they could do the job longer or because, um, you know, like I said, they were having conversations at their own, you know, eye level. And I was like a foot below them trying to keep up and it was super annoying. So, um, that's all the experience I have. I don't have experience being a lesbian mom or being a lesbian with no kids or being straight with no kids. Cause I've had kids since I was 21. I was pregnant at 21. Right. I have had experience, you know, but again, my whole entire path has been non-conventional. Like I didn't actually right. ever have a nine to five job until like 2007. For the rest yeah. of the time before that, I was doing like, I was working as an actor. I was teaching yoga. I was just making, you know, I was working all kinds of odd jobs. Like I've never been in a corporate structure whatsoever. And, you know, when you're in Hollywood, of course, there's the, the women men thing, but that but that's a whole. I mean, that's a whole planet all on itself. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like that. I don't think that that's yes. The, of course, there's the wage differences in terms of actresses and actors, or, or uh, female actors and, and, and male actors. But at the same time, that's a whole. I mean, that's a whole other subculture that is insane. Mind you, though, um, in this book, which I I'm going to let. I, I really would love to to have all of you ladies go out and get, because it's just amazing, the Knowing Your Value book again. Um, it, she uh, has been like a, a journalist, basically, for most of her life. And then she has stories of how, you know, this one time she and her partner, uh, in, in work partner, w- were coveting like a very specific um, interview during the election, you know, like uh, the, Barack's uh, the first election, how they went out and they really got this coveted interview, I think, right after Hillary Clinton was um, nominated. I think that that's what the, the time that it was. And they worked, they camped out for two, like, gosh, for two days to get this coveted interview. And they finally got it. And it was like amazing. Like the work, journalistic work that they did was insane. And then they were so proud of their work. And then she gets a phone call from the bosses. And the first thing that they asked, they said, like, why you're never going on air wearing that clip in your hair the next time you want it. Mm. And she was like, totally taken aback because she was thinking they did such an amazing job. The guys didn't have this kind of comment. They were sitting outside. She didn't, she didn't have her makeup on. She didn't have her, her, you know, she wasn't camera ready in quotes because they've been in a, they were camping out trying to get this interview. Right. right? Right. And so the only thing that she got a phone call, it wasn't like high five, great job. It was like, don't wear that clip in your hair. And then, and then she continues to tell the story is how she goes and guess what I said after that? I'm sorry. Oh, and I then, bet. and then she hung up the phone. And she was like, "Why?" It was like, "What would have?" It, it's like, yeah, it's like we. Th- th- she goes into all of the uh, of the psychology and the cultural 
uh, things that we we have as women that we end up doing that all the time, even when we are in the, in the right, even if she was feeling, I can't believe I got this phone call. What comes out of your mouth is not what you yeah. really want to come out. And then no. she questioned, you know, and she actually brought that same question to other people as well. It's like, you know, what would have happened if I wouldn't have said, I'm sorry. And I would have stood up for myself. And I said, excuse me, I've been working my butt off out here, you know, whatever she would have been able to say. She goes really deep into all this and it, and it really goes into a much larger issue. There was also another story of another one of the luminaries that she interviews here that she was having a big, huge, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like, it's kind of like a teaching for Google or something like that. She was doing like a, she was been invited as a speaker and she said she could only take a few more questions. And then after that, put your hands down. So put your hands up if you have questions and after a minute we'll be done. And, um, they, you know, people started putting their hands up and then she took a couple of questions. She said, okay, we're going to be done. But she continued to take questions for another minute after that. And then a woman uh, came up to her and said, thank you so much for teaching me that I need to keep my hand up. And she said, what are you talking about? And she said, well, when you told everybody that we were done with questions and your hands needed to go down, all the women put their hands down, but the men kept their hands up. Mm -hmm. And it was really intriguing how she didn't even notice that. But that's, there's just like a, a, there's some, there's stuff that we're not seeing that we need to be aware of. And that's why I feel the conversation is so important. So it doesn't matter if you're a mom and it doesn't matter if you're gay. It doesn't matter if you're working full time. It doesn't matter if you, yes, of course, these things affect every single one of us. And we all have these little bits and pieces where we don't stand up for ourselves, where we say, I'm sorry, just because that's what comes out of our mouth, where we do the work that is that nobody else wants to do just because it needs to get done. And generally we end up doing it. And the other thing is like, um, she really talks about feeling lucky, how she never really asked for more because she was feeling so lucky that she had gotten the opportunity. And I can tell you for myself that I feel like that all the time. I'm so lucky to have what I have. I'm so lucky to, to be paid and to work from where I am. And I, it's like, you don't want to rock the boat because you're so lucky. And then, yeah, but, that only can last for so long, right? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. But that mentality is still there. Nobody taught me that. Because after a while, you feel... Yeah. But after a while, I think people start to feel underappreciated. Absolutely. And then it becomes an issue, right? And then... and So, yeah, all of this goes in, inside the book. But you guys have to... Li- uh, re- I'm, I'm listening to it, which is why I said it. But it's a really, really a fantastic <laughs> yeah. book. Um, so, are. thank you, Marie, for your, for your opinion. Thank you for voicing yes, it out. Yes, thank you. And uh, I hope that we weren't... You know, no, but, but you know what I would love though, guys. And I, I mean, I appreciate you guys going into the Facebook group, which is what we ask. But if you really, really want to talk, you can just record something. You can do it over. If you go to speakpipe.com slash she podcast, there's a little button there and you can just tap that button and send us and send us some audio feedback. We would love to have your voices be heard as well, because I, I feel that's really important. It doesn't matter if you agree with us or disagree, but having a myriad of voices and a different layers of voices that we can showcase on this show so that you, we can take this to a different level. So it's not really just Jess and Elsie talking about this stuff but you guys have opinions and this is a great platform for you to do it and maybe it, it could you know start a, a deeper conversation all all around so yeah exactly. anywho all right yes so speaking all right um next next oh my god so here's an article of course i just popped into this and this is going to go into a larger thing uh, this is an article on the Huffington Post. It just came out a few days ago and this is the beginning of March. This is uh, like early March 20, uh, 
15. Oh my God. Okay. So, and this was the title, what podcasting taught me about motherhood and life. And I thought, well, that's an interesting title because usually it's the other way around. At least that's what usually I've seen like people like, you know, how to leverage podcasting to become a mother mother or how do you get your business, you know, better by podcasting or something like that. So uh, it was really beautifully written. It was from the perspective of a lot of insight that happens because this is from a new producer who has been, um, and, and I'll talk about this here very soon. She's a, a new producer that has been recording kind of like a storytelling type documentary style podcast. And she has been recording her life <laughs> in many different pieces. And she's got such wonderful things to say. Um, one of them, which I really, really loved is um, number, she has like a bunch of points here. She's got like five different points. And number two was really, it hit home for me where it says, you don't always sound the way you think you hope you do. Mm-hmm. And she says, I have an image of my voice floating through the air and landing in my children's ears. Kids, please put on your boots, darlings. I know I've told you 45 times, but please put them on. <laughs> right. Right. Guess what? That sentence right. reads smoothly, but when you speak those words, it's not. It's not smooth. When I think I sounded relaxed, I sound tense. When I think I sounded patient, I sound tense. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I often sound much more tense than the voice in my head. <laughs> Right. If you know you're recording your life for posterity or for a podcast or whatever, don't you start out being much nicer than you would when the mic's off? I know, right? And but see, but isn't that the crazy part too though? That you think that you're doing that, but you no longer can get it in your voice. Right. Because that's dear. I know. As if. As if exactly. So that was like I I just really I love the take of this, uh, especially because of of what, uh, yeah, anyway. And then so, so this is another thing that was really, really important, at least for me. And that's something that I feel podcasters as a whole can really relate to. Um, and the number four for her says, listen to what people are actually saying. If you close your eyes and edit people's facial expressions, their voices often convey something more resonance, real emotion. Spoken messages can be distorted by someone's face. We are human, and so that makes sense. The face is part of the communication package. But there are also the words, and sometimes I don't listen to what people are actually saying. I'm busy about what I will say back and nodding in their face, but not totally listening. I'm paying better attention now, which is true. I think it's so true. It's easier. I think that's why we resonate with people so much more as podcasters, because they're not looking at our faces, and there's not that feeling of you have to respond now. Yeah. Which is, is, is lovely. So anyway, I'll put a link in the show. But when we're talking, do you imagine my face or no? No, I'm just listening to you. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I'm much more familiar with your voice than your face. In fact, when I see you in person, it takes me a minute. (laughs) Like last time I saw you in person, I was like, okay, she's standing in front of me now. Cause you know, it's like almost like a um, instinct is to look away. Right? But I can really hear you. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. And you're right. It's like, I don't imagine you. And that's why it freaks me out sometimes when I'm on video because, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. then you have, 
you feel like you have to look at them and then yeah. and then you're looking at yourself too because of course there's that weird thing that yeah. so yeah it's a little too complicated but yeah I, I completely agree and I think it's it's interesting too uh, I'm sure when you're recording an interview with somebody you know not the way we are right now but it, let's say we are face to face recording something and I would be listening back I'd be like I didn't know she said that <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> because I would have gotten caught up on, on just you talking. But so that brings me to her show, which, of course, because I'm Elsie, I have binge listened to now. Of and it's now it. of like my favorite podcast. Uh, as of, again, of course it is. Because I have a favorite podcast every week. So this is my favorite podcast. Last week it was the Glamour podcast. Yeah. This week it's First Day Back podcast. And the First Day Back is a documentary podcast that follows filmmaker Tally Abacassis, which yes. is who the woman that wrote yeah. this article for Huffington Post. As she faces the challenges of picking up her career after an extended maternity leave, the narrative takes a real look at motherhood, gender roles, and work life balance in a voice by turn serious, funny, and sometimes touching. And, and it's really just, hey, did you- what? Go ahead. No, sorry. We're having a little delay. Sorry. Go ahead. You said, Hey, yeah, I, yeah, that's okay. Go ahead. Okay. So no, but what's so amazing about this is that, uh, it really touches on almost everything we have talked about as well. Uh, but it's happening in real life. So it's not like you and I talking about it. She actually is having this conversation with her husband or she's having a conversation with her producer or she's having a conversation with one of her friends or she's having a conversation with her kids. And it's sprinkled with her insight in between. And it's just super... I mean, seriously, I've laughed out loud. I've like... My heart has kind of broken a little bit hearing conversations. It's just really beautifully done. And and she is a filmmaker by trade, right? So the way that she has produced the show is just magical. It really is. Uh, I, I feel, Jess, you would really you would really enjoy this show. And it's only 20 minutes, so you really don't have to listen that much. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, it's not going to take you up that I'll long. I'll try it. I'll try it. I'll try it. It's 20 minutes long. And um, yeah, it's just very, very well done in a variety of different ways. And it's just the, the conversations that they're having is basically what we're having, the conversations that we're having uh, as well. So y'all need to go listen to Miss Tally. Yeah. And um, say, hey. Because I've been accosting her on Twitter as well. I've been sort of like harassing her a little bit with love, of course. I love you so much. You're so great. I love your work. <laughs> what a fangirl. I'm a total fangirl, dude. I am like, that. I am so, like, seriously, when I find something that I adore, I'm like, dude, I love you. You're so great. Like, I'm, I'm unabashed because it feels like I can't, I can not do it. I can't stop myself. It's like, ah! so. <laughs> I'm proud of your brazenness. <laughs> Thanks. Excellent. Thank you. So, um, but now we're, we're going to move a little bit on to speaking of some race uh, stuff again, because we just left some race stuff, but this time it's going to be race related to podcasting. Um, so Infinite Dial, which we talked about uh, last week, uh, or yeah. Edi- Edison, Edison Research Edison. has just released the first uh, of, of a quarterly infinite dial report. 
that they have. And so what's been happening, it's really interesting. Of course, you can spin the data whichever way you want. You can spin the data to say that podcasting is booming. You can spin the data to say that it's not. You can spin the data to say that whatever you desire, it can do, which is really an interesting thing for me to watch. But one thing that uh, was brought to my attention just actually a couple of days ago is that there uh, is a little bit of a push for podcasting among like Hispanics. I'm not even sure what the difference between Hispanics and Latinos are. I resonate more with Latino. I don't know what Hispanic is in my, but that's. Hold on, I'll look it up. For God's sake. Yeah, it's really annoying. That's what a nerd I am, people. Okay, you look it up. And, and I just, I'm not sure what that the proper term is, but I just don't like Hispanics. It just really kind of makes me shiver on the inside, that name. But anyway. Okay, Hispanic means of or relating to Spain or Spanish-speaking countries, especially those of Latin America, or a Spanish-speaking person living in the U.S., especially one of Latin American descent. That's Hispanic. Okay. And then what was the other one? Latino. Latino. Okay, here's Hispanic versus Latino definition. Okay. The difference between the terms Hispanic and Latino is confusing. Hispanics are devised, uh, defined as people from Spain or any of the Spanish-speaking countries in Latin America. Latino has developed more varied definitions. One definition of Latino is a Latin male in the United States. A Latino. Or a Latina is what I call, but a little right, or Latina. But yeah. Right, right, right. So it's there's really not that. So I big guess of a- Hispanics, it's like the, a worldview kind of thing, and Latino yeah. is more like a United States kind of thing, like a Latin America. Yeah, yes. Uh, with with the Spanish. Oh, so the, okay, whatever. All right. Well, blah <laughs> blah blah. Well, it yeah. seems like in terms of awareness for podcasting, you know, white people are fifty four percent aware of podcasting. African American people are forty seven percent aware, and. Our Hispanic people are 31% aware, which I'm not, you know, surprised over because I always think like, you know, it, computers in my family did not come easy and technology is not really a, something that Lati- the Hispanic or Latino culture really uh, aligns with, I feel. And this is just from my own, you know, experience. It's, it's a little bit less techno uh, advanced. <laughs> so I don't, I don't necessarily see that. And there's also the low income uh, of course, aspect of things. Uh, yeah. But I guess, you know, it is rising. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because Podcast One, you know, that podcast, uh, what is it? What are they? Like a network? Channel. Podcast One yeah. Channel Network, who really house the superstars in podcasting. And I'm not talking about superstars in podcasting as in the space, but superstars that were not podcasters that are now into podcasting that have already existing very big names. They have just added uh, a a Latino person, a Hispanic person uh, who is like a, you know, one of those morning show DJ type people. A morning zoo guy. A morning zoo type of guy. Yeah. A guy. Latino guy. With, yeah, like one of those, I think. But I think he's from Mexico. I think I wrote it down here in our show notes. Uh, so, uh, but as El Piolín, El Piolín podcast. I have to... El, I, Piolín. El, El Piolín. So, yeah, so he is a, a Mexican... Let me see. Sotelo, daily... Actually, I don't even uh, know where he's from. It doesn't really doesn't say. say. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't say. Hold on. It just yeah. seems like he's... I wonder if it's even in Spanish. I'm going to have to, of course it has to be, but it is, uh, I guess it's, this is the first venture into Spanish language podcasting. So that's good. Well, famous. Famous. 
Right. Because that's, I'm sure there are Spanish speaking people that have a podcast. Of course. Yeah, that's, that's not what I meant to say. group, I believe. Of course. Of course. Laura Elgueta. She's got um, her uh, podcast. I know that comes into mind right now, but I can't remember the name of her podcast. But um, yeah, so anyway, I just thought that that was like something for us to kind of chat about, which was really intriguing. And Yeah, I think that's exciting. In, in terms of this and it says it's a potential breakthrough but i mean i feel like that's only because you know they're famous like is it really a breakthrough or is it just a breakthrough for famous podcaster for famous hispanic people i think it's a breakthrough because it's spanish language and that's why i'm saying breakthrough i think that it's a breakthrough because it's a spanish yeah that's it it's just that there's there's like a a higher named person in the spanish speaking podcast that is now high profile that's that's it that's why it's a breakthrough because there isn't or there haven't been at least yeah, that yeah. i know uh, um yeah and i think that we're gonna close right, fair it. enough fair enough fair enough i mean it's a breakthrough the way cereal is a breakthrough for pets yeah 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 kind of like that so fair enough so at least there's a little bit more diversity people so <laughs> at least a little bit right. more a little bit more color so right. I found this article by Christopher Penn as well, of course, on podcasting. And uh, Christopher S. Penn, who is a co-founder of I know of Christopher Pod- S. Penn. Yeah, PodCamp, uh, Marketing yep. Over Coffee. Uh, that was one of the podcasts that I listened to right from the beginning and had been. I, I, I'm a sporadic listener here and there. I come in and, and check him, uh, Chris and, and John Wall, periodically in their stuff, you know, they've been at it for many, many years. So, and, and Chris is like one of those data people, like he's like total data freak, insane data freak. Um, and he really has a really great, I love this article. He said, should your marketing have a podcast? And I really dug it because I see articles like this all the time and all of them are not very well reserved, not very well researched. All of them are like, you're missing out if you're not having a podcast. You're, you know, you should have a podcast because of the benefits, you know, one through five. And it's the same things you've heard over and over and over and over again with no examples, with no data, with nothing. And I, yeah, you know, most of the time and most articles about podcasting, Chris, in fact, this is a very good article and I really dig this. I think this is the last uh, our, the last paragraph of the article, which um, it says, does, you, does this mean a podcast belongs in your marketing plans? And he says the answer is, de- is a definite maybe. Why? <laughs> and, Landmark break, uh, land-breaking uh, uh, improvement. Yeah, exactly. Insight that's going to blow your mind. Yeah. Okay, so he says, why in comparison to blogs and photos, audio podcasts are second only to video in resource demands? For every minute of audio you hear, there's between 15 and 60 minutes of production behind the scenes. This is time spent interviewing, gathering material, recording, editing, and publishing. Podcasting is resource intensive, so success or failure comes at a higher cost. Here's the litmus test for whether you should podcast. If your existing content marketing is succeeding wildly at its goals, such as your blog, your email newsletter, etc., then a podcast is probably worth trying. If your existing content marketing is mediocre or failing, a podcast isn't going to make anything better. Succeed at... Amen, right? Brother. (laughs) 
succeed yeah, at very sin- well stated and very true and it very- will not save your ship from sinking no it will not succeed at simpler forms of content marketing first once you've mastered the art of creating great content and text and images then branch out into audio and video and i think that is so true so true because it is so just a resource hog now the the way that i would see that this is a it's kind of slightly backwards is in a show like I was just mentioning right now, which uh, the first uh, the first day back podcast. And, you know, Tally has a talent for telling these stories. She has a talent and she has an expertise in creating media and editing things together and understanding how things fit together to create this incredible product. So I feel that for people who are already kind of have this deeper intelligence, if you will, at creating something bonus, then go for doing something like audio and video. Obviously she's a film producer, so she knows how to do that. She's a filmmaker. So she understands those parts and she understands the resources needed. But if you are just doing it because somebody said podcasting is like the cool, hot thing to do, you're going to be in for, uh, yeah, a a big, big surprise. Uh, And I love the fact that he said that really podcasting is resource intensive. So yeah. success or failure comes at a higher cost. Cause you're right. If you start a blog and you don't blog for a while, it's all good. Right. But usually Oh, Wellski. Right. Yeah. And if you do a podcast though, generally you do invest some more money than you would if you started a blog. I mean, if you want to have you host your own blog, what for the first years, how much, like what, 15 bucks or something like that. Yeah. But it's the time too. And it's the, it's the farming out or the figuring out and the right. learning the t- tech. It's a lot of investment. It's not a lot of monetary investment, but it is a lot of investment yeah. in your, you know, if you're going to give it a go, you got to really give it a go or you've wasted a lot of your life basically. Yeah, totally. You know? And I, and yeah. I feel that podcasting is kind of like that as well, but, but it takes it even higher. I mean. yeah. yeah, no, but I mean, I'm talking cause blogging, cause I was thinking you were talking about blogging cause blogging no. is, is like that podcast. as well. Cause you no, have to blogging. No, you don't have to learn fiddles to start blogging. You just open up your website and start writing some nonsense. I mean, you really don't have to take a class or do anything. Podcasting, you do. You have to take a class and learn all. No, yeah. Blogging is no investment. It's like, yeah. and Sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, you're right. No, no, no. You're right. And so it just becomes a little bit harder for you. Like the failure process is bigger, you know, like, um, and it's not even failure. I'm saying if you want to give it up, it just feels like you're giving up more like there's it just seems like more dense of something to to give up so anyway that's true i agree anyway i love chris penn he's a cool cat he is and i haven't seen him at any of the new like pod camps or i know or podcast related conferences i wonder if he's going to be showing up to he's an old school he's an old schooler but uh but yeah he started you know he i think he was doing a daily he was one of the first daily podcasts he was doing a um financial uh student loan financial aid podcast mm-hmm. from the get go and yeah. i believe it was a daily podcast and it was uh very very short of course <laughs> but that was a very very niche obviously niche subject right it was yeah. about financial aid for students yeah so uh yeah but he was he's very good very good at what he does so those are the kind of the topics I wanted to cover today, Ms. Jess. I didn't really have anything really huge, but I was really moved just by reading that, that the Knowing Your Value book, the book, know, the Knowing Your Value book, was, it's, it has been very powerful and it's made me think that 
these are conversations that we really do need to have a little bit more of and to recognize patterns yeah. of behavior that we have. Um, so. Would you like to have a um, conversation about a surprise topic or are you not into surprise? No, I'm into surprise topic. Let's do it. Okay. So as you know, I was driving my daughter to the airport and on the way home, I was listening to Howard Stern as I do. Of course. And, um, and there was this, he was talking about this guy named Ari and I'll have to find out his name, Ari Schleff or some nonsense. Apparently Howard has some very strong opinions about podcasting. He thinks it's a bunch of nonsense and shenanigans to say it nicely. Um, because he feels like if, if you want a career in broadcasting, you can either, you know, sit in your room and pretend to be a broadcaster. You can go get on terrestrial radio and become a, you know, what he said was go to Hartford, Connecticut, beg them to put you on the air and see when the ratings come in. Ever do in your life, but you'll know whether or not you're talented. However, if you're going to do a, he said, if you want to do a podcast just to do a podcast, fine. But if you're trying to do it as a career to make money, you may as well just, he said, you may as well just roll down your car window and shout. <laughs> he said, you'll get more listeners rolling down the car window and shouting out the window than you will. Which, I mean, I, unfortunately, I feel like, um, that's not true. I don't agree with that. But I did think it was interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, you can't really – can you really become famous and rich just doing a podcast? And, and I know we've had this conversation before. But, like, um, whenever we talk about it, um, you know, the answer is always the same. And I, and I sort of feel like he's right about that. Like, the people who are famous doing podcasting already were on air at some point. His name was wait. Where is his name? I can't even find it now. Um, and so, and so, oh, Ari Shafir, and it was um, a March tenth podcast. And he's a stand-up comedian, and he has a podcast. And so he was just saying like how outdated Howard was because you you know podcasting is the latest thing, and Howard's old, and he doesn't understand. But I sort of feel like yeah, if you want to make money, you do need to be like. Not you can't really get famous just podcasting. What do you think, Elsie? Well, I know. What do you think, Elsie? Pass in the baton. Well, <laughs> I, I Elsie, over to you. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, yeah, of course. In the same way that you're defining fame as uh, as Howard Stern being a household name, yeah. I mean, it's the same way as it like a, a theater actor, you know, who is famous in theater. A lot of people wouldn't know who the person, who that person is that won the Tony. Right. I mean, it's like, that's a whole entire, completely different media, at least from my perspective. It's like you, you see different branches. There's a lot of people who are also very well known in the indie film industry that are not known in, in, in the big giant money makers, right? It depends on who you want to be in that industry. And if you want to have the caliber of impact that Howard Stern has, then no, you probably will not get it at this moment with the way that podcasting is because we don't have the ears. We just don't. It's just people are not right. listening. Right. Would she podcast get that kind of, um, let's say, would we be more famous if we were on terrestrial radio? Possibly. But, you know, there's I mean, been... Hartford, Connecticut? No. <laughs> Come on. 
No. Well, you know what? The Satellite Sisters have been at this for a long time. They were on mainstream, like, terrestrial radio a lot of different times. They still had to work their butts off. They still had to, you know, and, and there's still the possibility of somebody taking you off the air, which is why they're podcasting as well, right? That was a huge thing that happened also for my other friends who started off as, as podcasters, and they got a show on, um, like, Sirius, I believe, on the the Catholic channel and they did like a show called the Catholics next door. They were hired. They were podcasters. Then they were hired. And then they, you know, then the show was, they just stopped producing that show and oh, well ski, they have no, they have no job now. Right. So then like they had to figure out what they needed to do. And then they went back to podcasting again. They started doing it in a different thing. But what I'm getting at is that you have more control. I believe you have more control like this because nobody's going to tell us to get off the air, Jess. Nobody. Yes, I know. But <laughs> I I know. And I agree with that. But you have to really, I mean, I think you have to campaign your ovaries off in order to get the kind of reach that Howard has on Sirius. And he brought his audience with him when he went there. Like, oh, the yeah, of course. He's been popular on web radio is because he already had a huge audience from being on, um, you know, from being through NBC, through being in New York Station. So, I don't know. I just was kind of sad that he was like he his attitude is podcasts are bullshit because I don't think that's true. But I do kind of feel like, yeah, I mean, to say that he, you know, it doesn't know how you can really make money on broadcasting is ridiculous. Obviously, he knows how to make money broadcasting. Right. And I, I guess I, I'm just I don't know. I mean, I, I do. Uh, he's been doing this forever. So obviously he knows what he's talking about. And I just think that he's also seeing podcasting as a very narrow thing, like very narrow. Like he doesn't see the scope of, of, of the medium as a whole. It's sort of like, again, I'll just I'll, I'll just put it out there, like in terms of movies, it's like somebody talking, you know, yeah. one of those like big directors of the big, big movies that are saying like, uh, there's no way you can be successful making an indie movie. Like, there's no way you can make an impact being an indie filmmaker because you're not going to reach people. Here's what he's saying. Okay. If you want to be a big movie star, you can't only star in indie movies. Right. Exactly. Well, that's you know, what he's saying. Egg, okay. So, so and I agree. Okay. That's true. But, but then there, th- that bears a question. Do you want to like, okay. So then, okay. One of the reasons that I quit to, you know, acting is because the roles that I was getting were on TV shows that I really didn't want to be on, even though that was the, where the money was at, you know, yeah. like, you know, do you remember that, um, uh, where's that blonde, that Baywatch blonde girl with the boobs, Pam Anderson, Pam Anderson. Okay. She had that show VIP. Yo, yeah. Okay, I got a, I had a guest star on. I was a guest star on that show. I had like a, an entire like episode on VIP, and oh I never told anybody because. Are you on? I, what are you on IMDb? Yeah, but I don't. I don't. You have to pay for that, and it doesn't really matter. I mean, yes, I am on there, but my pictures are not on there or anything like that. Um, but it's just like one of those things where I was just like, you know, I never told anybody that I was on that show because I was mortified because I was a trained theater actor for. Okay. But I wouldn't have wanted to do it. That's what I'm saying. It takes the power off of you. It makes you have to take stuff or that's the way I was made to feel. It makes you like the, when I started to say, no, I don't want to go on a daytime soap opera audition. You know what I got? I got pushed back from my audit on my agent saying, you need to take whatever we give you. If not, we're going to drop you. Dude, you were in Orange County? That's a great movie. Yeah, but they cut out most of my scenes. Oh, balls. I was the maid. Yeah, you have all... Every last name is... Okay, she's played every Latina... (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I- Nelly Lopez, Carmen Martinez, <laughs> Katie Vasquez, <laughs> Sasha Santiago, and Catalina. That's ridiculous. And Lucia. See, I'm telling you. And so, uh, yeah, I basically Elsie, you don't even look Hispanic. No offense. Well. Hello, I mean, which is like that. which is one of the reasons why I didn't get a lot of the. Okay, do you know? Do you want? This is another thing that I used to get a lot too. You're too pretty. Oh well, that I agree with. Because so so if there's a if there's a star that's attached to a project, if you happen to be more better looking than she is, then you're not going to get hired. Yes, and then that's true. And, and also the other thing too is just like I didn't look just like you were saying. I did not look like. Jennifer Lopez. I don't look like Jennifer Lopez. I don't have curly brown hair. Yeah, I don't have it's brown like eyes. America I have, Ferrara. I, I like. <laughs> so you could totally pass for non Latina. Yeah, mean, I, I mean you are kind of dark. I mean your skin is dark. When I see you, you're always pale though. But I guess you are kind of brown. because I've been dude. I've been in the mountains, but I'm more yeah. brownie. But still, it's just like I was more like the ethnic. But it's still at the same time, I didn't fit the mold of what they wanted. My eyes are green. Yeah. My hair's like straight and black and dark yeah. and. It just didn't fit the mold of what they were looking for. Yeah, your for. eyes are green. Yeah, that doesn't help. Right. So then it freaks people out. And and that's yeah. what, what I'm saying is that there's the control of what you want to put out in the world was not there for, for in terms of any kind of the mainstream stuff. So what Howard is talking about, of course, I, I, I understand what he's saying. And yeah, if you want to do it up, then, then you're going to have to go into mainstream something. You're going to have to push for that. But yeah. what if you don't want it? Then I don't want it. I mean, you know, if you want it, I'll follow you, Jess. I'll push She Podcast into mainstream radio. <laughs> but mind you, we're talking about podcasts. I'm not talking about that. No. I'm just saying, I'm not saying I have to be a famous radio DJ like Howard Stern. I just thought it was interesting that he thought it was crappy. It made me sad because you know I'm a huge fan of his. Because, But I'm a huge fan because I admire his interview work, not because I give a crap about his opinions about budding technology. I don't care. Right. No. And I, exactly. No. And, but it does hurt a little bit when you start to hear that somebody, especially when somebody you admire, but I do, you you just have to kind of, um, define what he was doing. And then when, when putting it to the movie kind of metaphor, then you see that it can work. Yeah. He's right in one way and then he's not right in another way. So I agree with him and then I don't. I'll, I'll end on this. He's a huge feminist. uh, (laughs) Right. That's exactly it. Oh my God. He is. He is. He has three daughters. Yeah. yeah. He's a huge feminist, and he always is going against anybody who's, uh, you know, like Bill Cosby. He thinks is a sociopath, and yeah, he's huge into women's rights. Oh, well, good good for good for him. I haven't listened yeah. to Howard since I was in... Okay, I want you guys to give me feedback if you're super tired of hearing me talk about Howard Stern. No, don't, don't, yes. Well, well you know what? Send us feedback over at speakpipe.com slash she podcast because we're wrapping it up now. We've been going yes. um, a little bit over an hour now, but I think that that's good. So if you have any feedback, and we really do would love to pepper in some voices, opinions, dissenting opinions, um, complimentary, complimentary opinions, um, send us your stuff because we really would love to play it. And as you heard at the beginning of this episode, uh, uh, we had a little bit of love coming through our speak pipe pipes. <laughs> Yeah, and as we exit, we'll have some more speak pipe love yes. coming out behind. <laughs> so, yeah. so we'll have so much going on, and we really want to to make sure that you guys are included. And um, oh, the survey, the survey for yes. So yes, we do have a survey, and what are we going to use for a link? To, should we do a, a pretty link for that? Shepodcast dot com slash survey. I think it is that. 
Is it? Let me look. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, we have a survey that we would love for you to take. Okay. The link will be in the show notes. This is going to take you less than 30 seconds. Tap it within yes. the show notes in your phone. Tap it in there. It'll, you'll see it exactly. It is. Podcast.com forward slash survey. And Great. yes, it takes less than 30 seconds and it will really, 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 really help us. Absolutely. Know who our listeners are. Absolutely. Because we really do need this from you guys. We've gotten at least, we have over a hundred responses now, but we would really yes. love to have to hit at least 250. Yeah. So please uh, do it. So do it. It's going to help us out so much. Uh, Thank you very much. And thank you, Jess, again, for the conversation. Thank you. It's my happy time. Um, Yes. And we will see each other next week. Oh, my God. That's right. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Yo, Jess and Elsie, it's Jen Leonard of BrandNewWaves.com. I am just trying out this very cool speak pipe thing as I'm driving to work and getting a lot of cars and buses honking at me. Um, just wanted to give you both a huge uh, speak pipe virtual hug and um, lots of thanks for both of your respective support to me um, as I've been developing over the past year my... Um, technological prowess. I finally have my podcast up. I think there are about six episodes so far and lots more to come. And I love She Podcasts. The community is so supportive and thank you, thank you, thank you. Love the show. Keep it up. I am a devoted follower.